trying to make it right These people won't let me go I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow I'm just trying to make it right These people won't let me go Let me grow, let me go Let me grow, let me go They should know, they should know They should know, they should know I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow Welcome to the Tea with Brie. I'm your host, Brie. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Brie podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll start with my guest's bio, an intro into how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they brought to me that week. This week, I'm joined by my guest, Sophie Kwok. Sophie Kwok, who uses she, her pronouns, is the host of the Love Intently podcast, where her mission is to empower people to have a thriving relationship with themselves and everyone around them. She is also a UX designer and researcher where she strives to make positive behavior change through impactful products. She is obsessed with human psychology, human behavior, and learning more about the important part of our lives, our relationships. Hello, friend. Hello. I'm so excited to have you on my show. I feel like it was time to return the favor since I was on an episode of your show. So yeah, I'm so excited too. any opportunity to get some FaceTime and talk with you is an exciting time for me. So thanks for having me. Of course. I also tell people like, I am the person who loves like a random FaceTime, like literally call me all the time randomly on FaceTime. There's no rules. Oh, so. snap. She just gave us all permission <laughs> to call her randomly. If, if you have my personal <laughs> cell, you have every right to call at any time. We're friends. I did a live with my friend uh, Sam last night and they were saying, I just miss talking to you. I'm like, you have my number. So I'm confused. But Well, that's good to know. I, <laughs> You know, there's like some people that you just don't feel like you have the permission yet. We haven't actually met in person yet. So I, know, I was like, I don't want to be scary, creepy yet. <laughs> You are allowed. Yeah, we met via the internets and having mutual friends during the, like the what, last spring, last summer? Yeah, last spring, last summer. So it's funny because like I have a, I have two, three other friends who I am friends with who we talk all the time, but we've never met in person. So like my friend Beck, who lives in Wisconsin, my friend Kaya, who lives in Philly, and my friend uh, Jenna, who lives in California, have never met any of them in person, but we FaceTime and talk all the time because internet friends. That's amazing. I love it when that happens. And that's happened to me a few times where I'll meet someone on Instagram and then we just really click and then we just like keep talking. And when you finally do meet them, it's one of the coolest things ever. Yeah. So I just am saying when the world is open and safe again, we're going to just have the best time when we finally hang out in person. So I'm excited. excited. Okay. So today we are talking about singleness, which I'm super excited about because in 2020, I took the year to not date, which people who, if you listen to the show, you've known, you know that, like I've talked about it. And so before we started recording, today is January 30th, you go, what, wait, what, what is your relationship status? And I'm like, single as a dollar bill as of January 30th, 2021. <laughs> and I haven't like gone on a date even. I haven't gone on a date since 2019, probably like the fall of 2019. It's like September, October-ish. 
Um, and then I took 2020 not to date at all. And then I recently redownloaded the dating apps, which I hate, which mm-hmm. I did a whole Instagram live about like why I hate the dating apps. And it's because it makes me feel undesirable, you know, mm-hmm. as a black, queer, curvier woman with short hair living in a predominantly white city, I sometimes feel like, you know, me not getting swipes equates to me not being desirable. And I really unpacked that on my Instagram live a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we will see. I do not know what dating during a pandemic is going to look like. Um, I've been messaging with these two lovely women, but I don't know. That's that's where we that's where we live right now. Yeah, totally. I cannot imagine trying to date during a pandemic. And I think like the good part of it is I have a few friends that work for Bumble and other dating apps, and they've all said that people are like far more intentional now than they've ever been. Mm -hmm. And like their intent now is to date, to be in a relationship. So for lack of better words, there's less F boys out there. Um, Also, you're allowed to swear on the show. Okay. There's less (laughs) fuck boys out there that are just looking to fuck around and because they can't, it's, a pandemic and people are just way more intentional about getting to know each other before they even meet. And so that is a little hopeful for me in the sense that dating apps are no longer just the hookup app. Like they're starting to take it more seriously, I guess. But with that being said, there's so much that already went behind the like needing to match, to get to a date, to get to a point where you even want to like see them regularly. So I can't imagine experiencing that during a pandemic. Yeah, I think that's one of my things too, is like, as a person who has always seen herself being a parent one day, I have never, for as long as I can remember, I've never seen myself as being someone's long-term partner. And so like also last year, I took the time to like unpack that and my fear around dating and why I'm afraid of rejection and, you know, really carrying some like stuff from my childhood of like liking this one boy who like dated all my friends but me and he knew I liked Mm -hmm. him. And so like, I don't, I just have a trust issue around that. And then also like losing my parents when I was younger. Like I lost my mom when I was 15 and my dad and I stopped talking when I was 18. So I also don't trust people to love me long-term because the two people who were supposed to sort of failed me for lack of a better term. So there's just a lot of stuff I'm unpacking. I'm very self-aware, which I think scares a lot of people. <laughs> like I'm very big on calling myself out and, and working through some things, but yeah, it's it's been it's been interesting trying to think about dating and you know there's a couple people who have been like I've had my sights set on for a while but I also like friend zone myself so I'd never tell people when I like them. I don't know. There's a lot here. I need to get back into therapy. <laughs> yeah, what I'm so curious as to what made you think like okay, it's time to start dating again because I know for a while you're like I'm going to be single this whole year and I might be single for the rest of my life. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I still very much live in that. Like, I don't think it, I think it scares a lot of people because I am, I am so extroverted and I have so many platonic relationships and have a very close relationship to my family that I, I like being single and I know it like super sounds weird, but everyone's like, I think people get so confused because I am like such an outgoing person and I love conversation. I love meeting new people, but like, I'm really good at being single, but Shelby, who's one of my best friends and my roommate, and we, she and I were talking, she's like, do you think like it's the fear of feeling like you won't find someone, the fear of like, I hate the term settling, but there's like no other good term mm-hmm. for it. And 
So like for me, it's like easier to just like, I've gotten so used to and so good at being alone and having platonic relationships that I just don't date anymore. But yeah, she and I have been talking a lot about a, a lot lately because it's like, why, why now? And I think it's most mostly like pressure from other friends. Like, mm. I think, you know, as people love you, they want you to be happy and not saying that people who are single can't be happy. But I just think it's such a, a weird thing for people to be like, to hear that from people who are very extroverted and very people oriented. Yeah. What's interesting is, so my boyfriend recently said this to me and we have friends that have dated way less time than us and are already engaged mm-hmm. and, you know, like said their I love you's like within the first month. And we just are not those people. Yeah. And we're kind of at the point where we're talking about like, in the next, like our, the two paths that we have is we either stay together and get married someday, or we break up. Like those are, that's like kind of like the way relationships go. And both of us are very intentional and just how we spend our time. And he's like, look, I'm approaching my mid thirties. I don't want to be dating forever. Kind of, we've been having some of those more serious conversations and he's like, you and I are people who tiptoe into things. Like it is way harder for us to be in a relationship than it is to not be in one. And there's other people where it is way more terrifying to be single than it is to be in a relationship. And those are the people that get divorced and get in a relationship within like six months. And it's like a long-term relationship. The maybe like the first five people they went on a date with after a like decade long relationship. And so I think that is something to just like be aware of is that based on life circumstances and whatever happens in your life, like there's going to be one state that's more natural. And, um, but that's not saying that you can't unlearn or relearn. And also if a relationship is something you truly desire, then it's something that you can cultivate and like work through the stuff that's holding you back from receiving love and giving love and intimacy blocks in a way to say, and another way to say that is one of my favorite quotes that one of my podcast guests said is, um, it's Helen Hendricks and she is an author. She's phenomenal. She said, oftentimes the greatest barrier to love is not finding love, but it's learning all of our walls that we have to keep us from love and to be brave enough to tear those down. That beautiful quote by your friend who just called me out on my entire life. I do not appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I think for me, it's always been like, I am so good on calling myself out that when I have to actually like sit and and unpack something I think because like having been you know I started therapy when I was 15 it's like I'm really good at like calling things out and and taking the time to really work through it but I was saying this to a friend last night like I think I was so used to falling apart and I'm just exhausted of like falling apart and having to Mm. constantly put it back together that it's just easily easier for me to just like not not like and acknowledge it like yo I know all the things that I'm avoiding but I just don't have the time right now to unpack it and work through it and so it's also that thing too of like I'm really good at being single and like I just like also hate the games of dating and like we were just Mm -hmm. saying like with Bumble and people being way more intentional I feel like I've always been super intentional with dating but then I date people who aren't intentional about dating or, you know, I'm just, I'm such a big person on time and not wasting time that I'm just like, I could, I could take the time to date or I can take the time to do things that are going to 
I don't know how else to say, but like actually benefit my life Mm. and not have to like worry, like, are they thinking about me? Am I being too much? Like all those questions and insecurities that pop up with dating, whereas like, I am very secure in who I am as a person, as a businesswoman, as a podcast host, as a friend, like all these things I am so sure of. And for me, dating is just like such an unsure thing that I'm like, "Mm, not really, not really feeling like, like dealing with that today. So, yeah. I can relate to that so much because that's kind of how I lived really for until this relationship and really until my year of dating, which for context, I was single. Like I had gone on a total of maybe three to five dates in my whole life, like official dates um, up until that year that I decided I was going to go on 12 dates, which honestly isn't even that much for most people. Like I know plenty of friends that pre-pandemic, like they go on multiple weekly dates and that was just not me. And it was terrifying for me. For me, that's that's so much for me. I'm like 12 dates. (laughs) In a year. In a year. Prior to me doing a year of dating, I had done an entire intentional year of singleness. And it was like very similar. I found myself constantly in these situations in friendships or in situations with other men who would be very wishy-washy non-committal I couldn't really sure like there might be feelings expressed but it was like very clear that it their intention was not to be in a serious relationship with me mm-hmm. and that is what I wanted and I also reflected during that year it was like at the end of the year that I was like oh my gosh, actually there have been people that have been trying to intentionally pursue me and I have just gave them the strong hand um, and pushed them away intensely. Even some of the ones that I had feelings for when I looked back on my past. And for me, it was because I had, those were a lot of my childhood wounds. It was like, there was just my biggest childhood wound, honestly, was growing up, I knew that I was kind of an uh uh-oh baby and my there were just comments that were said throughout my life that my mom kind of indicated that they wish they had me later um that I like made their life a lot harder and Mm. so from the core I just kind of believed that I wasn't wanted but at the same time it was confusing is their actions my parents actions was like very caring they supported me they provided for me in very powerful ways. Mm. Um, so their actions and their words didn't quite match. And so that's kind of what I was reflecting in their people that I was trying to date was like their words. Um, and it was actually the opposite. So their words wouldn't match or their words would say a certain thing and their actions would be completely different in the Mm. sense of like noncommittal, but then they would be like, I really like you and say all these like compliment me and say all these things. And for me, ultimately, at the end of it, what changed everything for me was discovering this book called Attached by Amir Levine. And I realized that I was highly avoidant and that the only way to move towards being fully secure and not just in other areas of my life, but like in relationships and like to build towards that is to practice, Uh, practice fully being myself, practice being a good communicator, practice not being avoidant when I want to be. And I knew that the thing that would challenge me more wasn't to do another full year of singleness, but to challenge myself to go on 
more dates than I ever had in my entire life. And what felt manageable to me at that time, 12 dates is what felt manageable to me at that time, but it was so scary, like the whole way. And what was my goal and intention behind it though, was I always tell people like, if you cannot look yourself in the mirror and say that you are beautiful and believe it, you're not ready to date. If you can't like look in the mirror and say like, I love you and like mean it, like all of you, then like, you're probably not ready to date. Like those are like core things that you need to have internally and not seek from other people. Because if you're looking to receive that from the person you're dating, like that is a very shaky ground to start on. There's so many things I want to unpack. So give me some time. So the the first thing that really stuck out to me was like, I think what's been really beneficial for me is like as a person who isn't in relationships constantly is that I one time had a friend during college who was like, I wish I was more like you. Like if I'm not in a relationship, I don't know who I am. And that was the most like, I was gobsmacked. I was like, Mm -hmm. how do you know if you actually like this person? How do you know if you like yourself? Like there's just so much that when she said that to me, I was just floored because as a person who has been single and spends the most time, you spend the most time with yourself unless you're avoiding it. Um, So that, that was one thing that always pops into my head of like people who are like, you're just like really good at being alone. I'm like, oh, I like and love myself. Like I, it's taking me a long time to get here and I'm very proud of it. Um, And then also like, I, I identify with so much of what you're saying. Like my parents weren't married when my mom got pregnant with me. Um, but my parents didn't get married till I was three. And then my dad and I got in a huge fight when I was 18. And he basically said, like, I wish your mom aborted you. And so like with wow. me, yeah, it's just been a very interesting thing of like, again, if the one, one of the people who's supposed to love me forever can say that to me, what keeps strangers from like mm. disappointing me? Mm-hmm. And so for me, I think it's that too, of like, I'm really like my attack, like I get attached to people easily. Like I'm really good at building friendships and being a really good coworker and really good aunt, but I don't let myself be vulnerable romantically. And it's interesting. Cause like, I'm the kind of person that like, I'm very bubbly and very outgoing and very trusting until you're, until I feel like I cannot trust you. Like for mm-hmm. me, I give trust. You have to lose trust. But like the minute it's gone, it's gone. Like there is no coming back. There's no redemption. And, you know, Shelby and I were just talking about this because I'm going through it with a a previous friend of ours. And she's like, why aren't you giving her another chance? I'm like, because she, I gave you so much benefit of the doubt to begin with that if you could do this to me, I like my, like, it's just gone. Like there's just, Mm -hmm. that's how I've protected myself, right? Like that's the wall I put up and I, and I identify that. Um, And it may seem unfair, but that's how I'm able to keep going and, and continue on in this life. But you know, I, I told this girl, I was like, we can be amicable, but we're never going to be how we were before. Like, and I'm not a person who fakes things. Like, you will know how I feel about you. I'm very forthcoming. Um, but I think that's the thing too, of like, I am very intentional. I am very upfront. I am very um, honest. And for me, like once that's gone and once I feel like I can't do that with you, there's mm-hmm. no point. And so like with me, I was challenged by a friend in 2019 um, which is how I ended up dating someone during the fall. Um, my friend Corinne over the summer was like, I dare you to say yes to every person who asks you on a date this summer. 
and I did it for the summer and I ended up and uh, dating one of the guys that I had like who had asked me out it didn't last long but you know still was like a a, a date I would have never said yes to if she didn't challenge me and it was a very interesting experience and you know actually that guy I dated pushed me into studying this show so like shout out to him but yeah it was just like it's been it's it's just it's such an, e- an interesting thing of like like you were just saying like once you like and love yourself there's just a lot of stuff you won't accept and I think like having done that work of like you know I've talked about on the show like having being a person who like suffered from an eating disorder and you know was self-harming and like to be on the other side of that and think so highly of myself and like I said you're never going to be meaner to me than I am right like a perfect stranger isn't going to be able to like tear me down and and I honestly and I know it sounds super crass I have gotten to a point in my life that if you don't like me or you have something to say about me that isn't positive I honestly do not care like if you are not bringing positivity into my life if you are not if you're not bringing joy into my space like internet trolls or like people who I used to be friends with like people who talk about me I just honestly do not care and I think it's just the the work I've done into liking myself of like I just don't have the time and energy to sit and think about what other people think about me if that makes Mm -hmm. sense so does dating kind of make you do that yes Mm. so it makes you very uncomfortable dating means I have to care about what other people's opinions of me are and like not to be I'm not trying to be rude or or self-serving but like like I said like you either like me or you don't and I'm the kind of person like if you don't great let me know because I won't like another wall Mm -hmm. I won't put the time and effort into like trying to make you like me whereas like if you do like me I feel like okay great like we can have a conversation and I think because like I'm a very open person and and um I'm willing to try a bunch of different things. It's also like people who are super close-minded, I can't do that. Like if you can look at a picture of me or read something that I wrote and you're just like, mm, she's too much or she did all these things or like, how dare she think so highly? I mean, like, great, don't talk to me ever again. Like <laughs> I don't need your negativity feeding mm-hmm. into a space of like positivity and self-love and acceptance to make yourself feel better or to try to bring me down a pick. So I'm like, what are we, what, what is the point here? Yeah, I, I, I like, I'm like, those are all of the feelings that I definitely experienced that year that I dated. And the irony is, is I had committed to 12 dates, but I also had a very hard and fast rule that I was not allowed to ghost anybody. And um, so come December, I have still have like three or four dates I have to go on because life got crazy and I just got burnt out. And I like was like at the, in December, I remember being at my parents' house and just like swiped. I was like, I got it. I have to finish this commitment. I've like gone, came way too far to mm-hmm. not. And my boyfriend currently now was one of those people that I had swiped on in his profile. I just immediately knew something was different. It was like the words he had used and all that. And so I was like, I'm going to give him a chance. Like I'm there's, I was like, there are two more dates that I'll go on. And that is it. I am like done. I'm deleting all of the dating apps. That is it. I'm sending him my number. I am getting off of this. And we ended up hitting it off. And at the time, I haven't even mentioned this on my show and I don't even think he knows this. So don't go babbling this to him. (laughs) 
anyways, I had been talking to somebody else before him that I had randomly met at a, one of my best friend's parties, but he was the classic fuckboy that I had always been attracted to. And so here I am side by side, one guy that is so intentional, takes me on these amazing dates. And then this guy that we'd been talking back and forth for a month and he only took me out once and had been like real shady and kind of like would ghost me and then come back in, you know, just mm-hmm. the typical games. Yeah. And I had been way more like, like this one had felt like exciting and like almost obsessive. And then this one was like a stable, um, constant. He was like very just forthcoming with like what his intentions were. Mm-hmm. And it just made my choice like very easy at the end of it. And there was like one more date that I had gone on where he was like stage five clinger vibes. And I just could not deal like as someone who identifies as avoidant, someone who's that anxious was just like too much for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's like ultimately what made me less afraid of p- putting my walls down. Um, but back to like what you're saying is – that I think that's like what is the beauty of giving yourself permission to date and coming from maybe a lens of for yourself, like to better learn yourself of like, when do you get triggered and become super avoidant? When do you become triggered and become really anxious? What qualities do you really like? And like, what's out there? Um, and what are non-negotiables for you and using that as a lens and a filter, because that was like my intention. When I went on the date, the 12 dates, I was like, there are a few things that I, my goal, that is my goal. It's like, it doesn't matter if we don't click and whatever, but I'm going to fully show up as myself and I'm going to respect the other person in front of me for the duration of the date. And I'm going to like really give them a shot. And if I don't feel like going on another one, um, for whatever reasons, I don't have to. And I learned so much about myself during that time. And yeah, it just, it was honestly a very transformative experience for me to approach it that way, rather than me having the pressure of like, is this going to be my forever partner mm-hmm. from date one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just... I think what it always, it always comes down to for me too is like we're saying like the intentionality of it and you know I'm very intentional like I said with time it's just the mm-hmm. one thing we can't ever get back and so I never want to feel like I'm quote like wasting time which I know is like an interesting way to view dating as but I just am like it's either going to work or it's not so like I'm very much like a don't text like if we're gonna do like if we're gonna go out we're gonna go out like this texting every day not for me like I would rather when we're not in, the, in a pandemic, like, okay, we hit it mm-hmm. off. Let's go do something, hang out, talk in person. Like, but like texting isn't for me or messaging back and forth. So like, I think that's also been an interesting thing because the situation we're current, currently in now, like, I don't know. It's just like, I also hate texting. I know it's like the easiest form of communication right now, but like there are days like I'm just like so busy in life with between work and everything else I'm just like call me like mm-hmm. if we're on the phone I'm gonna if we're texting I'm going to get distracted I'm gonna stop answering like it's just too much energy for me it's like to be able to meet people in real life which is how I prefer to meet anyway but I think that's been an interesting thing too and then 
I guess like for me, I'm still trying to unpack the feeling of feeling too, like I'm too much. And, you know, my whole life I've been, people have told me like, Bray's not the kind of girl you date. She's the kind of person you marry. I'm like, you can't skip a step, right? Like you can't just meet me, decide you're going to get married to me. Like there has to be an in-between. And so like people often either count themselves out and don't try to date me or date me like, oh, I don't fit into like your world. Like I had a girl Mm -hmm. I went on a date with it was like our first date she took me to a comedy club which was great our second date I took her to a gala because I had an extra ticket and I am who I am and we went she had a great time my friends were super nice to her and then like the next day she's like hey I don't fit into your world like I'm not a gala person I'm not a meet people all the time I'm very introverted and I was like okay she's like that's and, and for me, it was just like, oh, great. Another time that my life is too much for someone. Like I didn't even blame her, I blamed myself. And so it was like this thing of like, and everyone keeps saying the cliche thing, like when, when you meet the person, like they won't mind and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, who has the time for that right now? Like, I don't have, I don't have that time and energy and, and the willingness to feel this feeling constantly while also like having to be not performing, but super on when I'm at these events, right? Like I'm at, I'm, I love going to galas. I love supporting things that I, um, I find worthwhile and in causes that I, I think are going to be very impactful. But now it's almost like a punishment for me, <clears throat> a punishment for me. Like you, you can't be X, Y, and Z, and then also expect a partner to kind of slip into that. And so it's just been this weird feeling of like, it's easier for me to just go it alone, to be Mm. perfectly honest. Yeah. Yeah. I can fully understand that. Um, Something I'm curious about, because mainly because I found myself in this pattern doing this, and so I'm wondering if you find yourself doing this or if Mm -hmm. you've realized this at all. So I, in that year that I went on all those dates, I realized like midway through, I was like, oh my gosh. I have only been choosing safe people, like people that I felt like would like me more than I like them and people that I would wasn't genuinely that interested in to swipe on. So it was like a very easy, they would be kind, we would go on these dates and then I just like at the end of the day, I just like couldn't get myself to be into them, even if they were great people. Um, I want, I'm curious if you have found yourself in any of those patterns, like choosing people that you just already know off about it. it's not going to work out for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. When I first moved here, I dated this one girl who I had like known for a while. We're both from the same place. Like we ended up like dating, hooking up. So like that was like not a safe, but like I knew it was like a good space. Um, and then I dated a person who was 11 years older than me, but was in open relationship. And so I was talking to one of my cousins. She, she was like, you date people that either A, you know won't get attached to you or you won't get attached to them or you can leave them easily like Mm -hmm. I can back away super easily like you know it's just not working out anymore um and then you know like I said the guy I was dating was one of the dates that was like my friend challenged me to go on but it was like he had been into me for a while and I knew it but we were six or seven years apart and that's like not my wheelhouse but like I tried it and he was very into me and very intentional was like for me it was like it got to be a lot for me. Um, and I think that that's kind of a part of the reason why it really blew up. But yeah, I totally saved date. 
where I did used to safety and now like I'm like I'm not doing that anymore so like there's Mm -hmm. this person who's been messaging me and like we matched on Bumble and they seem very kind but it's also just like they're coming not too strong it's just like they're super intentional about me I'm like you haven't even met me yet like that is just like a weird thing like not to say I'm not deserving of someone who's into me but it's just like you you haven't how do you know like if you're just going off of what you read online or what you're watching or if you listen to this show like I am so much more than that but if like you're into like just the piece of that that's great but yeah I totally have I remember asking my boyfriend that a lot like not during that season but after being like how were you so certain because there were a lot of times I mean I also haven't talked about this a lot personally on my show, but he comes from a Muslim background and I come from a Christian background and both of us are a little bit, we're both spiritual, but we're not super religious people. I would say we're very spiritual people. And so we're very aligned as far as our values goes, but we were like, I was terrified of how that would work, of how that would work within our families and all of that. And everything is fine now. But I tried to come up with like a million and one excuses to like not to move forward with him. And he was very just adamant about like it was worth seeing it through and very secure and all of that. And I have asked him that so much. And to be honest, when I look back, I was in a season where I was also going through trauma therapy for the first time in the first like four months of our relationship. And I just like at the deep, deep core, I didn't feel deserving almost. Like I was like, I'm going through way too much right now. I need you to come back to me in six months and then like try this again because Mm -hmm. I'm not able to be perfect enough. And I'm curious as to what it is about people wanting to get to know you that scares you. I I think it's the, the fear of being left. Like Mm. I am super good at connecting. I'm very good at being vulnerable and honest. I'm very good at like bringing people in. And, but then, like I said, like I have done this with people before and then it's like, you're too much, I'm leaving. Or, um, you know yourself too well and I'm not where you are, I'm leaving. Like it's that I can give and, and be giving and be honest and upfront. And then I feel like other people don't do the same and it scares them when I, when I do it. Um, so yeah, it's for sure the like abandonment of it. I had for sure have abandonment issues. I know that like that's mm-hmm. so it's it's that it's like the I'm willing to be open and honest and upfront and vulnerable with you and you are you you are to a point. And then I think when people reach that point, it's just easier for them to leave me than to do the actual work. Is your long term goal to be in a monogamous relationship, like hypothetically, if dating works out and whatever? Yeah. So do you believe that there's one person on this planet that would choose you fully? So I am the worst Pisces ever of like, I'm a hopeless romantic, <laughs> but I don't believe in soulmates. Mm-hmm. It's the proximity, right? Like you mm-hmm. are going to meet and match with people who you are in proximity of. So yeah, I think we there are plenty. I think you can be in love with more than one person for sure. But I feel like it's going to sound so weird. And I know it is. I just feel like, I can meet this one person, but what if this one person isn't the one person I was supposed to be with? Like I overthink things way too Mm. much. Um, But I also am terrified of settling because I've done it before and I don't want to do that. Like I deserve to be 
loved and supported and 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 cheered for and that's what Mm -hmm. I also want to bring to a partner but I feel like in the past like it's where there's like the thing in Christianity like being equally yoked I have not been equally yoked with anybody and Mm. so that's where I am right now like I don't trust myself to date someone quote worthy of me and so I'm just like (laughs) wow don't I'm good by myself like I got me, and that's the thing too, like I, like I said, my mom passed when I was 15 and my dad and I stopped talking when I was 18 and I was basically on my own, right? Like, so I am very independent. I am very adamant on like working for things that I want. And I came from this mindset of like, if it is something that I need, I can get it. If it is something that I want, I can work towards it, right? So like, I don't, like, I'm very big on like, I don't need you to pay for things. Like I am like that quintessential, like, I can take care of myself. That's not why I'm looking for partnership. I'm looking for a partner to share life with, not for someone to share like expenses with, which I know sounds like a weird thing, but it's just like when I date, I I am dating to find someone to love, value and support me and for me to do the same, not for someone to like come in and like save me that I've saved myself. Like I don't need that. Um, But I'm also looking for someone who is very much like me, like, driven hardworking, like has a very loving family wants kids like I know what my non-negotiables are and I'm not willing to lower them for someone else's benefit and so I'm I I think like that's the thing too like I've gotten very picky on who I date and what and people who I share my time with and so like that's why like I think online dating is like such a another thing for me is like the the intentionality like we're saying like I know what I want what my non-negotiables are so it's like this like test run mm-hmm. is kind of what it feels like. I'm like, I also, I don't know where this energy comes from. I'm like, I feel like I don't have to like prove myself to yeah. people. That's another big thing that I'm really like, it's just clicking into my brain too. Like, I feel like online dating or dating in general, like putting like your best foot forward and having to like prove that you are worthy of this other person's time. And I'm like, I feel like I am. And I, and I get mm-hmm. that dating helps you lead to that. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Like, it's such a, a weird like intersection to sit of like I know I am worthy <laughs> and and deserving of things but it's also like how do I bring that across to someone and not have to go through dating yeah <laughs> just want an arranged marriage can someone who has a <laughs> lovely child if you were a parent and your kid is between the age of 28 and 40 please tell them to call your girl <laughs> I mean that could probably there's I'm sure there is an auntie somewhere that is willing to set you up. Oh my God, hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, okay, so I totally had a list of non-negotiables. And I think there are things that it's like that's shallow and you need to get over that. Like a lot of women have height requirement or you yeah. know, all that. Mm-hmm. But I think what you're talking about is really like what you value. Yeah. And those that is like an essential foundational thing to be aligned on and that that is not something you feel like you need to be ashamed of or feel like is too much because I can promise you like the things that you mentioned like wants to have a family um is outgoing or is involved with their community and cares deeply and like wants to be involved with stuff like that there are people that exist that fall into that category and that is not ridiculous. Like you have at least you, I'm sure, you know, lots of people that fall into that category, whether they're single or not is a different thing, but 
there are people that exist that have those overlaps. And so that is not too much or too crazy, regardless of who you've encountered or dated in the past. Like those were just not the right people for you. You are fully aware of that. And thank goodness that you didn't settle for them because now it gives you space to meet somebody that is going to be thrilled to be in all of those realms. And I think so much of it goes back to just believing that it's possible. It's like dating the tension really is, is like knowing what your non-negotiables are and not settling for those things while being open to love, like really open to love and open to letting someone in. And it is vulnerable, like inherently in relationships in order to have a deep relationship that is a critical part of it. Like, unfortunately, even for you to cultivate the relationship that you have had with your audience, it has required you to say very vulnerable things on the internet, regardless of if they rejected you or not. Mm -hmm. And they haven't. But what I'm saying is like, it's just an essential part of it. And no matter how terrifying it is, that is a beautiful part of you that no matter how they respond, it doesn't make you any less beautiful, worthy, or any of those words, um, your worth remains the same regardless of how anybody responds. And so I so feel you on that tension of like knowing your worth and also like, where the heck is this person? Yeah. And it's also like an interesting thing too of, not that I am cocky. I want to point that out, (laughs) but I think very highly of myself. Like I think I am a good person all around, I'm very giving. I've done a lot of like work around myself, but like I said, being in societal norms, air quotes, would say that I am not the quintessential air quotes around all this quintessential standard of beauty. Like I don't have long hair. I have bigger boobs. I am not a size blah, blah, blah. Right. Like, so there's also like that internalized thing of like, my packaging may not look like what you want, but inward wise, like I used to think when I was younger, like I'm never going to be thin or white or have long hair, but I can be a good person. It's like, I used to think I have to make up for not being in the right packaging by being X, Y, and Z. Like Mm -hmm. I have to be super funny, very witty, talented in all other regards because I'm quote, not beautiful enough. And so I think I'm also still holding on to that notion too of like, yes, there are people who hit on me, but then it's also like having to also sit with the history of black women being sexualized and um, fetishized. So I'm like, are you actually into me? Or are you into the fact that you can check off a box because I'm a black woman who looks like X, Y, and Z? Like mm-hmm. there's just so much that goes into me having to think about other people's intentionality when they come to date me or come to like swipe on me on the apps. Like, especially living here, living in a predominantly white city, I'm just like, there's that. And then also like, when I think about raising children, being a parent, I'm like, if I end up with someone who's not black or a person of color, there's so much shit I'm going to have to explain to them raising a child of color, right? Like there's just so much that goes into being an overthinker of like, I have to think not only about myself and what my needs are, but of my future hypothetical children who may not look like their parent or one of their parents and having to prepare that parent to be aware of their privilege, be aware of what it means. Like I can't, I, as a black woman can't be angry and upset because then it seems like I'm overreacting or like 
like if I end up with a white man and our kid looks more like me and my hypothetical future white husband goes up there, he's going to get a way different response than what I will get if I go up to the kid's school, right? Like there's just so many things when I think about dating of like the trauma I don't want to cause my future child Mm. that I'm just like, I'll just be a single parent (laughs) and just like not and just get rid of all that other shit of like, I don't have to check in with anybody else about the styles of the ways I want to raise my kid. I can show up and be that badass single mom and teach my kid. Like my parents taught me like your voice matters and who you are matters. And, you know, there's just all these things I constantly think about of like, the closer I get to having children, which is a wild thing to think about, but the closer I get to becoming a parent, the more and more I'm like, I have to set up all these things in line now to be okay. And, and I was, and I said this on the show before, like I used to date, not looking for a partner, but looking for a person to co-parent with. Mm-hmm. And my friend who was a therapist and I talked about this, she was like, do you feel like that is fair to your future child of like, you want them to have two great parents, but you're not modeling for them what a good partnership looks like. So I just had to sit with that because Carly's the worst. Yeah. Um, and she made me question these things. But now, like now that I've gotten to a place of like, I would be okay being a single mom, like and I think for me, it was unpacking the, the notion about being a single parent of like, I will not be in partnership, but I will not have to raise my child alone. Like friends, family, people will come in and help me. But I think that was a thing I need to unpack for myself of like, I legitimately feel like sometimes I will not find a partner and that is okay. Like I've also had it modeled for me of strong black women in my family who've never settled down and mm-hmm. never had a, well, never had a partner. I won't say settled down, but like never got into partnerships, never got married, never had had kids. And seeing that they have very beautiful, bountiful lives. And I think that's also a thing I've, I've kind of discounted for myself already. Like I may never find someone mm-hmm. and that is okay too. Like mm-hmm. my value does not have to come from finding a partner, but I think it's also this thing in society too, of like a woman is not valuable until she's married or becomes a mother. And I'm personally like, I don't feed into that bullshit. Yeah. And I, I don't either. I don't think that that, is that even a healthy place to like want to enter a partnership to believe that your worth is increased if you mm-hmm. get married or have children? I think ultimately it's like if Bree Jenkins wants a partner and someone to co-parent with and desires that, she is worthy and capable of achieving and finding that and receiving that and making that work. And if Bree Jenkins decides she does not want that, that is perfectly okay. Yeah. I, I think it's just like, if deep down you really do want that, then maybe work on giving yourself permission to receiving that and letting that in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also I can promise you there are people out there that want the, like, whatever you described as like the, the way that we should look like, but then there's also people that lo- will love every square inch of your body and think it is beautiful because it looks the way it does and because it's you and they'll like love your insides just as much. And I can so like little girl, Sophie can so relate to that feeling of like, I also have massive boobs and like, I'm not the tiniest Asian and don't like fit to that demographic at all. And, um, have felt like I'm the fat friend, you know, and like for a long time, like really struggled with I need to be super funny and outgoing because I need to like make up for the stuff. And now being in a partnership where I feel like all parts of me is loved 
like I just like want every person to know that if you desire that it is fully possible and if you don't desire that that's okay that's okay why was this therapy there's such a (laughs) this is what happens when two podcasters get together Uh, well, I thank you so much for coming on and for your vulnerability. And I'll be sure to link all your social and all of your many things in the show notes. Um, but at the end of every show, I like to end with a final question, sort of a palate cleanser, leaving us on a high note. And it's a two-part question. And the question is, what is the best advice you've ever been given? Or what is a piece of advice you would give to your younger self? I think the best advice that I have received is that great relationships don't just happen, that we have to create them intentionally. And for a long time, like as a high achiever, I honestly kind of ignored the quality of my relationships and those suffered for a long time because I was just so focused on achievement And then I realized like, wait a minute, relationships are actually really important to me. And they're not just going to like, I'm not just going to be perfect at relationships. I'm not just going to have a great relationship just because it's going to be because I intentionally worked on myself. I intentionally communicated and created that. And I also think that that's true about life in our dreams. Like if you have great dreams and you have a dream of, of living a certain lifestyle, I believe that those are fully possible, but we have to be intentional about living differently and living in a way that that can be possible because I think there's so many things that happen in autopilot with just the way our world is built that if we're not intentional about creating a life that we really want or relationships that we really want, then we will go on that autopilot model. And that might be okay for some people and that might be what you want, but if it's not what you want, then you can create whatever you want intentionally. That's it for this week's episode of The Tea with Brie. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Tea with Brie. Send me an email at theteawithbrie at gmail.com and visit the website at theteawithbriepodcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or we get your podcasts. A special thanks to Mama Duke for our theme music, and I will talk to y'all next week. Bye.